Welcome to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast. I'm your host, James Bell. Welcome back to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast. I'm your host, James Bell, and in this first season, we're exploring Bentonville's outdoor recreation industry. And I'm thrilled to have with me today, Scott Holly, who is president and co-owner of Eddie Line Kayaks. Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks, James. Great to be here. Thanks for the invitation. You bet. Well, let's help our uh, viewers get their bearings. If you will, tell us about Scott Holly. What should we know about you? Sounds great. Well, um, first of all, I haven't been a kayak enthusiast all my life. I'll get a little bit into that history. Um, I guess you could say I'm a reformed investment banker, uh, but I've um, been traveling to the Bentonville area relatively recently. I made my first trip out there about four years ago and was really surprised by what I saw there. And so the seeds of this go back about four or five years. But in terms of me personally, I'm uh, my name's Scott Holly. I'm uh, married, have three kids, uh, seven, nine, and 13. And um, yeah, I love the great outdoors. And I think that's one of the reasons that I've been really attracted to what I've, I've found out in, in Arkansas. Uh, professionally, I'm the president and co-owner of Eddie Line Kayaks. Bought the company along with the management team about five years ago. And originally grew up in Idaho. So I know we're going to be talking a little bit about, uh, you know, what, what perceptions of places can be. Uh, mm-hmm. And I spent some time out in Boston and in California as well. And currently I'm in our corporate headquarters in Burlington, Washington. So I've, I've been able to see quite a bit of this great country of ours. Um, and right now I'm spending my time here in Washington as well as in Mexico where we have a production facility. And I've been down there quite a bit over the last year as well. Wonderful. I, too, have lived all over the country, um, went from Little Rock to New Orleans, Nashville, Chicago, Denver, Memphis, and eventually here to uh, Bentonville. So I'm looking forward to uh, getting into uh, your experiences in different places. Will you share with us how you got involved in kayaking? Yeah, absolutely. So about five or six years ago, I guess it's been about six years ago now, uh, I was doing investment banking and actually working with venture capital and private equity funds, mostly on the coast, and kind of had one of those career inflection moments, I think, like a lot of us have. And I was always really interested in entrepreneurship, but I never had any good ideas of my own. And I really wasn't drawn towards the tech scene. And so the option set was a little bit limited, but someone introduced me to the concept of entrepreneurship through acquisition. Basically, the idea being that there's a lot of great businesses out there that are owned and ran by entrepreneurs who are getting along and are looking to retire. And most of them are facing two challenges simultaneously. They need to find a trusted successor, someone to take over the day-to-day management of their company. And then they need someone to buy out their equity that they've built in their company generally over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. And so I embarked on that process of entrepreneurship through acquisition. I was not actually looking to buy a kayak company per se. I just got lucky. Uh, I was looking at all sorts of companies. I looked at seafood processing companies. Uh, I looked at different other types of manufacturing companies. Uh, but I was looking for companies near where I was living in Northwest Washington State, north of Seattle and south of Vancouver. And one day I got a phone call from an economic development advisor who said, hey, there's someone you need to meet. And later that afternoon, I was sitting in his office with Tom and Lisa Darer, who founded 
Eddie Line kayaks all the way back in 1971. So the question that you asked me, how did I get into kayaking was pretty similar to the first question that Tom Darrer asked me, which was, what was your experience with kayaking? And the answer I gave to him was, I have very little experience in kayaking. Of course, I'm sitting across the desk from the godfather of kayaking, sea kayaking in North America. So I'm I'm going to undersell rather than oversell my my kayak experience to to this gentleman. But I had been kayaking a handful of times as one of the sports I got into when I first came out to Northwest Washington. There's a lot of great water here, just like there's a lot of great water in Benville, different type of water. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we've got the San Juan Islands and the Puget Sound, which has just a lot of great sea kayaking, North Cascades, a lot of lakes. And this was where Eddie Line kayaks had grown up. So it was, it was kind of the, the, the answer to the question, you know, how'd you get into kayaking? It was, it was, uh, you know, kind of the universe, uh, put, put it all together for me. And I was really fortunate to be able to, to meet Tom and Lisa Dare. We spent several months seeing if we could put a deal together, talking to the management team, and then importantly, making plans for how we were going to work together after the, after the deal was done. And, we closed that transaction five years ago and Tom and Lisa retired and I joined the company as president and, and co-owner and it's been a wild ride ever since. That is a great story. Um, I've been to the San Juan Islands and uh, spent a bit of time on uh, Puget Sound. What a, Puget Sound, what a beautiful place. Um, and what a great is. story for you. Hey, uh, what other sports do you enjoy? Well, as I mentioned, I grew up in Idaho, so the outdoor, anything outdoors, I'm kind of instantly drawn to. Uh, drawn to. I love um, camping and hiking, and so as a family, we've actually combined all of those, and we do a lot of kayak camping. So with our our product, we're able to actually load up for three to four days with the family in our kayaks, and then we've got a few spots, uh, mostly in Washington, but um, I'm looking forward to doing some more kayak camping. Uh, out in Arkansas and the Buffalo and other places. But we like doing multi-day trips that are supported out of our kayaks and then doing hiking going along with that. So pretty much anything outdoors, I'm, I'm good to go with. One thing I'm getting into a little bit more is mountain biking. Uh, obviously, that's uh, a bit of a rite of passage spending any time in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So I look forward to getting more into that sport as well. Yeah, I can't wait to see how you strap a mountain bike onto a kayak. Uh, you know, that was my that, attempt at humor. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds sounds like an opportunity. Well, um, actually, you know, we we have been kicking around some some uh, some ideas of uh, water trails and connecting them to bike trails. So uh, we'll we'll see. Who knows, James? That that may not end up being as crazy as you might have thought. Oh, that would be so cool! I'd try that. Um, so let's talk more about uh, Eddie Line Kayaks. Uh, first of all, congratulations! You're nearly as old as our Fortune One here in Bentonville. Uh, that's exciting. Uh, will you share with our audience about uh, your mission and your products and sort of the history? You gave us a little bit of a history lesson, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. So Eddie Line's uh, mission and purpose is really quite simple. We are out there helping people. Uh, uh, to access safe, safely access healthy and clean waterways. So for us, the safety portion is really important. Um, we use all of our products uh, and we make sure that we design all of our products for a comfortable, high-performing experience on the water, but also with safety in mind. So that's really what our mission and purpose is all about. And, you know, we, we've got a legacy. We've got 50 years of product out on the water. We have 50 years of customers having experiences with our product and 
a certain expectation of what they're going to experience all the way from the moment that they make that that initial purchase decision, all the things that we do to support them thereafter. Uh, but safety is a big part of it. Clean and healthy waterways. We're a, a company that takes very seriously our uh, environmental impact as well. Our environmental, our manufacturing processes are among some of the cleanest and most sustainable in the industry. And that's something that we're passionate about as well. But for us, it's really all about the memories and the experience that our customers have on the water. As I mentioned, first of all, we want them to be safe, but afterwards we really just want their, their, um, tool, uh, in this case, the kayak to kind of disappear and allow them to be on the water and enjoying uh, the great outdoors in ways that you really only can from a uh, self-propelled watercraft like a kayak. That's pretty neat. Uh, I love that you talked about um, creating products and and taking care of our waterways uh, at the same time. You know, I was looking at your website. I made myself a note here. So if I look down a moment, testing my knowledge, um, I'm going to test your knowledge. You know this answer. What, what's vacuum bag and thermoformed kayak technology? And how has this been an advantage for Eddyline? Yeah. Uh, so Eddie, another really exciting and just kind of, you know, happenstance in the universe working together is not only are we located right next to uh, the beautiful Puget Sound and San Juan Islands, where sea kayaking in North America really uh, had its its uh, nadir back in the 60s and 70s, but we're also located right next to Boeing and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of um, technology coming out of the aerospace industry. We just happen to be co-located next to a lot of these companies. So vacuum bagging is a method of uh, composite manufacturing, uh, particularly fiberglassing, that makes sure that the, the amount of resin, uh, along with the amount of carbon fiber, is kept in, in, in good proportion. And that makes sure that you have uh, a lightweight and stiff product. So when we were doing uh, fiberglass kayaks, um, in the uh, original, uh, in the early days of the company, we were the first to use that vacuum bag te- technology in order to get that that appropriate mixture of um, uh, materials to get the weight and performance right. And that was technology that came directly out of aerospace. Um, similarly, with thermoforming, Eddyline was the first to thermoform a kayak. So what's thermoforming? Um, we do work with a plastic material. It's uh, ABS with an acrylic cap. The majority of the plastic material that's on, on the market in the, in the industry is polyethylene. Uh, polyethylene is a softer material. It's got uh, some, some great properties in terms of its ability to be manufactured cheaply and at, and at a price point. But with thermoformed ABS, what we're able to do is we're able to make a lightweight, highly durable product that has a great aesthetic appeal. And we do that through uh, thermoforming. So what we do is we take this extruded composite plastic material, we heat it in an oven, but not to a melting point, just to where it becomes pliable. We pull the laminate sheet of plastic out of the oven. We vacuum form it onto a mold. So the mold presses into the plastic, a vacuum kicks on and it forms to that shape. That allows us to get really great uh, lines on our hole and on our deck that really just help with the aesthetic as well as with the hydrodynamics and the performance of the the product in the water. So that's thermoforming in a second. That's neat. I need to check that out. I uh, I was thinking about carbon fiber when you brought it up. I'm I was I guess I didn't realize that kayaks had any carbon fiber in it. Is that uh, common or is it just yours or, or what's the deal with that? Yeah. So um, the, you can you can kind of break out the kayak industry in, into different tiers based on the material type and the manufacturing process. 
I'd say the carbon fiber still is kind of the, um, the, the, the premier premium uh, spot. So you can buy a carbon fiber, uh, you know, fiberglass, um, uh, carbon fiber, Kevlar, all of those composite materials. Uh, you can still buy kayaks out of that. It's, it's a relatively small part of the market. And then again, on the kind of the price point level, you've got the rotational molded polyethylene, blow molded polyethylene. And we're taking up kind of that, that middle tier in occupying the, the premium spot in that. So um, we do not do any fiberglassing anymore, um, except for in our mold making and in our design and construction. Right now, all of our material, all of our kayaks are made out of um, thermoformed ABS plastic. Sounds like the best of a couple of worlds. Yeah, it really is. You know, and I'll just on that point, you know, fiberglass, it's messy. Um, it's not super sustainable with the scrap. A lot of most of the scrap just ends up in a landfill and it's really labor intensive. With thermoforming, we get a lot of the product performance. We're able to recycle almost 100% of the scrap material that's generated during the process. And the labor component is, you know, less than 25 percent of what it is for a for a, a composite kayak oh that's wonderful to hear hey i uh recently read about some of your accomplishments uh one of them that stood out was uh paddling.com's 2021 uh best touring kayak brand congratulations can you tell us what that's all about yeah thank you you know um there's there's a lot of uh um, lists out there on the internet mm-hmm. uh, as you can imagine and within paddle sports, it's no different. There's some industry associations where you'll have industry members, you know, manufacturers, retailers vote on product. You'll have uh, industry show participants vote on product. And then sometimes you'll have lists that are generated based on who knows what criteria uh, to generate uh, fill for um, uh, online content. But in this case, this was based off of customer reviews. So uh, on paddling.com, you can go in, users can type in their their reviews of a product. And based on that ranking, that's that's what those was, was based on. So paddling.com looked at all of the reviews for their touring category, which is their kind of higher end category. We, we talk about selling touring, recreational, and then sit on top. Uh, kayaks as as distinct categories. Touring kayaks tend to be more expensive, longer boats that are more generally geared towards sea kayaking than Mm -hmm. recreational boats, more for lakes and rivers. So in this case, they looked at all of the touring reviews and they sorted them and they found that we had two of the five top spots of the two two of the five best reviewed boats. And then based on that, they called us the the highest, the best reviewed brand uh, in the touring category. And that was meaningful for us because, you know, while getting pats on the back from industry insiders is great, while seeing a random list that has us at the top based on who knows what criteria, you know, that's not bad either. But having the voice of the end user uh, say, you know, we did, we went out and we we thought so highly of your product that we went here and we reviewed it and we gave it, you know, a five-star review. Um, that was great. Um, and actually if you go on right now, I think we have three of the top five recreational reviewed products as well. So ultimately that's our barometer of success, right? If the customers are having, then users are having such a great experience with our product that they're telling their friends that they're telling the world based on reviews on websites that that they're having a great experience with our brand, with our company and our product, then we think we're doing our job right. Man, that's wonderful. There is nothing better 
than uh, the customers saying you're the best. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Where can consumers find your kayaks? Well, for listeners of this part uh, podcast, um, uh, the Bentonville Beacon, uh, head on out to Ozark Kayak on North Highway 71, um, right next to uh, Little Sugar Creek. Uh, Talk to to Keegan Ward. He's the owner there and he carries our brand. He reached out to us a few years ago and we're delighted with that partnership there. Um, but otherwise, if you're, if you're outside the area, just go to eddyline.com and you can uh, look at our dealer locator. We only sell through independent retailers. So, you, um, you know, the best place to buy a, a, a premium product like a kayak is going to be an independent retailer where they can help you with the fit, um, uh, making sure that you're buying the right kayak for your body type, your experience type, and the type of water that you want to, to be kayaking in. That's cool. Okay. So by this point in the episode, our more local viewers must be wondering, um, other than a distributor, uh, here's the company that's located in Burlington, Washington. Um, as you said, about halfway between uh, two beautiful places, Seattle and, and Vancouver. What in the world is your connection to Bentonville, Arkansas? Well, it's, uh, you know, it's, you get to a certain uh, point in life that you, uh, you kind of look at the different threads in the universe and you say, man, there's got to be something going on here because th- these random coincidences are, are just too much. And I mentioned how I first got in touch with uh, the company. I think the way that we ended up um, establishing a connection in Northwest Arkansas is, is, is very similar. I, uh, one of the challenges, as you can imagine, um, manufacturing and distributing kayaks is, is the distribution part, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're basically talking about shipping really big boxes of air. And in our case, we're, you know, headquartered in Northwest Washington. We sell a lot of sit on tops in Florida. You know, that's, that is literally the, the longest distance that you can travel in the continental U.S. Um, to ship a product from, from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we grew, we really, you know, started with independent retailers in, um, the Western U S and we've got a really good, um, uh, distribution network going on out here. And as we've grown, we've really taken off in other parts of the country as well. Upper Midwest, the great lakes, lots of great kayaking there. They love our boats. We've really grown out there. Uh, I just got back from Maine. Um, and the, the, uh, there's a lot of, um, harbors and, and islands and national mm-hmm. parks and lakes out there that, and they love our products. So we've got, we've been getting more distribution out there. And then obviously, as I mentioned, Florida, um, you know, their kayaking is just really, really taken off in Florida such that one out of three kayaks sold in the U S right now sold in the state of Florida. So, um, those territories were important for us and, and they were also growing, but as shipping was getting more expensive, we were having a harder time getting our product uh, out to some of those territories. Some of our competitors, a lot of our competitors are actually based in the Southeast. That's where they're manufacturing. So by the time we get, you know, a product, uh, to the Mississippi river, we're already, you know, fighting from behind the curve from a transportation and cost perspective. Um, so we were looking at this idea of having a place somewhere in the heartland that could serve as, um, a distribution location. Um, as we've grown, we also added in a manufacturing facility in central Mexico to support our growth. And so that need became, uh, even greater. So we called our, our, uh, transportation and logistics partners and we said, Hey, this is what we're looking for. We need a place somewhere in, in, 
in the heartland to, you know, facilitate distribution and cross-stocking and forward-deploying product for these end markets. You know our lanes, you know our customers, where would be where should we be looking? And and they said, well, you know, they named off three or four locations of which Arkansas was one of them. So uh, I picked up the phone and I called um, a friend of mine, Beth Day, who is in commercial real estate, mm-hmm. said, hey, keep an eye out for a warehouse because, uh, you know, we need to we need to we need to uh, start looking at this. And we've been told that Arkansas is somewhere that we, we should look at um, in a very um, small world coincidence. Um, she was uh, speaking at a mountain biking event to her friend, Gary Vernon. Uh, and I've got to imagine that for your listeners or anyone in the outdoor rec community uh, in Bentonville, they're going to be familiar with that name. You bet. Uh, Gary um, uh, being a driving force behind the development of the mountain biking trail and all the um, uh, the Walton Family Foundation's done around uh, that part of outdoor recreation. Uh, and then the th- third small world coincidence that goes along with the story is that that week Gary had received his special order of an Eddie Line kayak that he had bought after reviewing all these online reviews and had ordered through Ozark, Ozark Kayaks. So, oh, wow. Within a couple of weeks, I was out there in in Arkansas meeting with Gary, talking about his vision for Northwest Arkansas and the heartland and outdoor recreation and all of that. Saw in him a kindred spirit, really excited about the energy that I, I saw out there around that. So um, that's that's when we really decided to, we said, you know, distribution is one thing, but we really want to find a location that can represent us in the heartland, that shares our, our vision, our values, um, and that the the region itself is a is, is an area for end consumers because we you know we want to we recognize that if we're going to be landing a lot of kayaks in a certain location, gosh, wouldn't it be great if that backyard was a growth region and territory as well for for consumers. So um, anyway, one thing led to another, and that's that's how we we ended up choosing uh, Arkansas as a place for for us to to look towards that next phase of our growth as a company. Wow, nice job! It's wonderful when all the stars align, isn't it? Um, it is. We're very fortunate. Yeah, I believe I read that y'all also got an investment from perhaps a local uh, um, yes. VC firm, RGC. Yeah. Yeah, RZC um, made a, an investment in our company concurrent with with some of these growth growth initiatives, and they've been phenomenal partners. So we do currently have an investor and a board member in Benville, and we have board meetings there, and we're we're just very excited to be plugged into the local business community in general. And I think I can figure out from the story how you discovered RZC or how they found you. Um, what are your plans for joining Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas in the future? Um, I think you mentioned a distribution center. Uh, so I guess that's one way you could do it. Are you thinking store, experience center, anything uh, beyond that, or just start with the distribution center and see where it goes? Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the things that we're really excited about with the vision of the, the the Walton Family Foundation, RZC, as well as just everything that's happening is kind of the long-term vision. Um, we've been around for 50 years as a company, and our current management team has been the owner for the last five years. So, you know, we're, we've been around for, you know, as owners, 10, only 10% of the story. So, mm-hmm. 
you know, there's a lot that we want to do over time. We still are a small company and obviously is a small company that's priding on, on service and quality execution is job one. So a lot of some of the things that we're thinking about are going to take a lot of time, but I'll talk kind of broadly about where we see the industry going and that might give you a, a, an idea as to where, what that'll mean for the region as well. Um, one of the things that we've seen, and especially during COVID is that consumers are looking to have a more direct relationship to the brand. Um, so whereas before a retailer would really push product out to consumers, consumers now are coming in armed with a lot of information, with a lot of um, uh, foreknowledge. And really the, the, the role then of the retailer is shifting a little bit. So we know that we need to maintain that relationship um, with the end user. You mentioned as well, uh, you know, the, the value of that word of mouth and the value of a positive recommendation. We've absolutely been the beneficiary of that. And so, you know, being in a place again, where we have uh, end users is going to be important so that we can keep that feedback loop tight and, and maintain that direct connection uh, with our customers. The retailers who end up doing the, the best job with our product have a few things in common. They stock our product deeply. They're very knowledgeable about it. And they have experiences to go along with the sales. So they've got rentals, they've got tours. And if they're not doing that directly, they've got partnerships locally that are, that are providing those experiences. Um, it's not uncommon with our retailers throughout the country that someone's first foray into Eddyline is, is, is a rental or as part of an experience. Um, and that, that they then be, end up purchasing one for themselves. So, um, experience, direct connection to consumers, all those things are going to be more important, not just for our brand, but for brands across the industry. So what does that end up looking like? It could end up looking like a lot of things, some of the things that you just mentioned, but absolutely working with our dealer partners, we're going to be looking for opportunities to have more direct experiences with our products. We want to have a voice at the table as um, water trails and water recreation and, and access to water is um, up for discussion in the region um, and so that we can look to become part of that over time. In the short run, we're going to continue to support our, our, um, our dealer partners. We're going to continue to build great products. We're going to continue to support with legendary service. But what I would love to see, if you fast forward five to 10 years from now, is something that looks is that the development looks a lot like what you've seen in mountain bikes and in biking in general. And I can't think of a place anywhere that has really created that model better than Arkansas. So what does that mean? Maybe it means that you have to find water trails the same way you've got to find bike trails. You know, I mentioned uh, Ozark kayak. I, um, I think this is one of your questions, so I might be jumping the gun a little bit. Go for it. Yeah, I, I, uh, I floated uh, Sugar Creek uh, north um, along Highway 71 through the golf courses uh, going up to the lakes. And um, that was a great experience. I think that there's, uh, you know, opportunities to continue to develop defined um, water trails, connect them to bike trails, have them in urban environments, have them in rural environments. And uh, I know that there's just a lot of real goodwill in the area and a lot of, uh, uh, you know, willing coalitions that already exist or already want to be doing these things. And there's a role for brand partners and there's a role for products in that, that ecosystem. And 
you know, we're just thrilled that we're, we're there and we're, we're part of those conversations. Man, if we can do for paddle sports and kayaking what's happened to mountain biking over the last several years, that would be phenomenal. I mean, I, I think there's already a base of it starting to happen, right? On the uh, Oklahoma River, I'm sorry, the uh, Oklahoma-Arkansas border, there's uh, some, some parks starting to happen. All these wonderful lakes, rivers, and streams uh, around here. Um, that would be awesome. Uh, Absolutely. So you told me a little bit about Sugar Creek. Is, is uh, where else have you kayaked here? Have you had that opportunity yet? You know, um, I've I was supposed to go on the Buffalo uh, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, and unfortunately, business kept it from it. You know, one of the one of the the, the great ironies of um, running a kayak company is that um, you're the busiest when everyone else wants to be out on the water. Uh, right. So, so. Let's, uh, you know, maybe if I get an invite back here in a couple of years, um, my list of places that I've kayaked in, in, in Arkansas is going to be a little bit longer, but, but certainly the lakes up in Bella Vista, um, uh, have, have kayaked up there, uh, in addition to Sugar Creek, went kayaking in, um, Osage Park, Hmm. um, uh, right downtown, right next to the, the airport there. Um, great little place to, you know, that's the great thing about the sport. You've got everything from, you know, the, the hardcore enthusiasts and, uh, professionals all the way down to go picnicking with the kids and have, have a kayak or two that, that the kids and the adults can paddle around a, a an urban park. Um, so right now, yeah, that's my list right now, but, um, it'll grow. That's great. I mean, so kayaking really is like mountain biking. Uh, you can be a beginner or a professional, and hopefully we can develop really that same scene here. The, the water trails, as you said, are, are here to uh, develop the same sort of scene where a, a beginner and a professional can go together and have uh, just as much fun. Uh, you know, Bentonville's the mountain biking capital of the world, uh, and the outdoor scene, I would say, is, is wide open here. If you're in the middle of the country, that is between the Appalachians and the Rockies, this is it. This is the only place that's left that's a, a huge space with um, the full-blown experience of an abundance of uh, pristine mountains and lakes yeah. and rivers and, and streams. Um, what does that mean for A-Line Kayaks and companies like yours? Yeah, well, you know, I, I go back to the, the original, um, our goal and our mission um, to help people uh, safely access clean and healthy waterways um, without accessibility of healthy water, uh, we don't have a business. We don't have a sport. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it, that, that's not just a social mission for us, but it's a critical business mission as well. Um, people will buy kayaks if they have places near where they are to, to go and do those things. And it's a virtuous cycle as well, right? Which is if you have people who kayak, they're going to be intimately aware of shoreline health. They'll be intimately aware of water quality issues uh, in ways, frankly, that other boaters are not. Um, you know, you if, when you are paddling along a shoreline and you see big wakes come up and you see shoreline erosion that's exposing, um, you know, root systems of shoreline trees, you know, you're, you're seeing it there close up in a kayak. Uh, if you're paddling along a shore and you're seeing a lot of oil slicks, you know, you see that in a kayak or a paddleboard or a canoe. And you're experiencing it in ways that you don't necessarily um, do so in, in, you know, in other craft. Likewise with um, birds, 
with other uh, wildlife that exists right where the shore meets meets water. Um, so it's a little bit of a virtuous cycle, right? The more people will kayak if you have healthy waterways, and then the more kayakers you have on healthy waterways, the more that they're going to be invested in protecting and preserving those and creating new opportunities for access. So it, it's a huge opportunity to, um, because yes, uh, the, the heartland does have a lot of great healthy waterways. And if you want a public that is invested in preserving those and becomes aware of issues as they're coming up, get a mountain kayaks. Um, and I think, you know, you've seen a lot of that in mountain biking as well. Um, and I think we can, you know, kayakers can be part of that equation. So, so yeah, it's, it, it's a great, um, example for us. It's, it's something that we can point to in other communities and say, Hey, this is how, this is how it all works together. You know, you can, you can have retailers and brands and nonprofits and enthusiasts and clubs all working together towards a shared common vision and goal and really show what the, the power uh, of that community can be. Cause it does end up, it, it's, it, it's very local, right? So we, you know, we recognize that we, we have a part, but it's only a part. Um, but it's really exciting to see communities that are truly invested in, in these vision and values getting together and making a difference. And uh, I, I, I'm excited for what that, that'll mean for Northwest Arkansas going forward, too. You bet. Uh, you guys really will have a symbiotic relationship uh, with this community. This is exactly the kind of companies uh, that we look to uh, be part of our community in some way that you can build your company and also help protect and, and preserve uh, the things that we've grown to love here. I think that's an amazing fit. Uh, suppose an outdoor recreation company doesn't already have a, a presence of some sort here. What's your pitch for them to uh, come and plant a flag in some way? Yeah, well, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not that easy today to find a community in the U.S. that is simultaneously committed to being a hospitable business environment uh, and a marquee place for outdoor recreation as well. And a place that's growing, a place that's vibrant. Community and sense of place is important. It's critical for employees. It's uh, critical for customers. And, you know, finding a place that's that's looking forward with that vision is, is important for a company. Um, and so I'd say, you know, whatever you think you might know, just go and check it out. That was, that was, I know my experience was, you know, and, and like I said, I, I grew up in Idaho. I grew in a flu over state that was kind of, you know, just set aside by the coastal elites that I worked with early in my career. And yet I still arrived at Bentonville and, you know, I looked around and I experienced everything outside in the community and the downtown areas Bentonville, Fayetteville. And I'm like, wow, this place has really got a lot going on. So Sings Believing, go on out and check it out. Literally the conversation I had with somebody earlier today. Uh, you know, it seems as if until recently, the Ozarks were broadly unknown. Uh, many didn't realize you could come to the middle of the country and get, uh, you know, steep cliffs and rugged canyons and waterfalls and huge lakes and rivers and streams. Um, and at the same time, a mountain range that's lush and, and green and full of, I'll say, surprise and mystery. And as you noted, 
Then you throw into that the the corporate culture and you throw in an innovation culture and you throw in a place where families want to grow and live and you really have something special, which probably explains our growth as uh, Bentonville's growth is one of the fastest growing cities in the country. This yep. region's growth as one of the fastest growing uh, regions in the country and in fact in the middle of the country, which is the fastest growing part of the country. And so I guess that explains quite a bit of what's going on. Um, will you tell me a story uh, in your short history with Bentonville? Uh, what's something that's happened to you or will you look at the situation and think, well, that's a hashtag because Bentonville moment or story. And I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, for, for me, it's um, the first time I saw a bike detour sign that Actually, I saw another one the other day, I have to mention. Uh, I don't know if they all have them on the back, but I, I noticed for the first time the other day uh, a police SUV with a bike rack on the back. Yeah, I, I mean, that would definitely be my my first thought as well as, uh, you know, seeing the families uh, biking around and, and uh, just uh, how ubiquitous um, biking is around. But I think one thing that really speaks to um, the draw that the area has you know the downtown area is really special, right? The the, mm -hmm. the downtown area where you can you can still walk into the center and you know lie down on the grass and and just kick back and and feel 100% safe and and people milling around and everything. But um, you know it's it's a it's a small community, it's a tight community, and it's a a very building community. So um, I had been out there. It's probably only my third trip out to to Arkansas. And I'd, I'd had meetings with, you know, a half dozen people just getting to know people in the business community. And uh, then, um, you know, the next morning I was uh, grabbing coffee at the coffee shop uh, in downtown Bentonville. His name escapes me. Onyx. Onyx. Thank you. I was at Onyx um, uh, with a friend and there were no shorter, no fewer than four people than, that stopped and sit, said hello to me. And these are people that I'd seen, you know, one or two times. I might have met them the day before or whatever. But I was like, man, my coffee shop in, in Washington, I don't run into, you know, four people that I know like that, that quickly. Like, it's just, you know, it was, it was incredible. And, and they stopped and they, they not only, you know, they, hey, how's it going? How are your meetings going? Are you getting sold on the area? You know, is there anything we can do to sell you? I mean, people have true religion about uh, about Arkansas, and and you know, the first you, you you see it and you hear people talk about it, and you're like, wow, that person's really passionate about their community, and then you hear it again and again, and you're like, no, that's that's everyone who's passionate about this community. So yeah, it was it's great. I mean. You know, again, when I when I when I come to town for business, it, it feels great. I, I feel like I'm coming home. So it's uh, I think that's a pretty uniquely Bentonville thing as well. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I just spent the last week in Silicon Valley and uh, met several people who were familiar with Bentonville and familiar with people from Bentonville and had friends from Bentonville who said that they were planning to make a visit because their friends were so darn passionate about the place and that they had not heard anybody talk about a place in that way. And by the way, uh, Onyx, uh, somebody else uh, said, oh, yeah, you have that coffee shop there that's so well known. I went, really? <laughs> They're like, yeah. And I expected them to say that, you know, they said, yeah, I was in a coffee shop uh, a few weeks ago and I expected them to say Portland or San Jose or whatever. Yeah. And they said, I was in Amsterdam and they had Onyx coffee and it was amazing. Oh, wow. I've got to go check that place out. So, um, 
okay, let's start bringing this adventure to a close. Uh, what is it that our audience can do to help with your success? Oh, wow. Get out on water. Um, give it a shot. You know, I, w- I won't even say go out and buy an eddy line. You know, we're still in, in this crazy situation where throughout a lot of the country, we're still sold out and we're catching up. So, and for a lot of people who are just getting into the sport, Maybe, you know, jumping straight into a, a, a premium product like an eddy line isn't, isn't the right answer. You know, we, I, I personally, I, I love the fact that there's so much, um, that, that there's so many boats distributed through um, mass, mass merchant retailers um, that get people out on the water. So go get out on the water. Um, go paddle. It will go grab someone you love and go paddle with them. If you're, um, if you're a dad of kids like me, uh, the great thing about paddling is they've got to have both hands on the paddle and they can't have a phone uh, or or a tablet mm-hmm. or a video game controller. So go grab someone, get out on the water, um, find a place near you and just sit back and listen and, and experience what that's like. And maybe that might be a sport for you. Um, and then if you enjoy it, go and go and grab a friend, go and grab a neighbor and take them out as well. Finding ways to get out on the waters, it's restorative uh, to each other, to ourselves, community, nature. And I think do yourself a favor rather than do any line of favor and go spend some time out in nature, spend some time on the water. That's great. I, uh, for a guy who cannot sit still, it sounds like something that I need to do. And I have a two-year-old Perfect. son at home and I cannot wait to get him uh, outdoors and, and doing things like this. You gave your website earlier, but here's another shot. Uh, how can folks reach you and Eddie Line Kayaks? Yeah, eddieline.com, uh, scott at eddieline.com if you want to shoot me a note. Um, follow us, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Um, we put a lot of cool user-generated content. We don't have pros, but we've got uh, a lot of folks who really enjoy what what they're able to see uh, in North America on our boats. So um, it's a and it's a fun community as well. Our online community of of paddlers that we've got is is uh, they're they're a special group of uh, passionate, committed people uh, who are seeing all sorts of different places. So be part of that conversation. And uh, yeah, if I can, if I can be, uh, if, if you've got any questions for me, like I said, scott at eddieline.com, feel free to drop me an email as well. Cool. Okay. Uh, a couple more questions, one of which I did not share with you. Um, and I'll have to switch it up for season two uh, coming up soon. By the way, a quick plug for that. This is our outdoor recreation season. Our next uh, season kicks off soon. It's all about mobility. That's everything from bikes to drones to flying cars, air taxis, and so on. Get ready to check it out. Okay. Back to this. So one question I didn't ask you about, if you had a superpower and that superpower came with a limitation what would it be? I'll give you an example of, of mine. Uh, mine would be that, uh, well, gee, man, coming up tonight, uh, if I was watching the Arkansas baseball game and I wanted to be there at the College World Series, I could pick up my remote and press a button and it would transport me into uh, the stadium. Now, the limitation would be that it would also transport uh, somebody into the stadium who just thought baseball was stupid didn't like sports at all and was in my ear about it the entire okay. time. Boy, let's see. Um, you know, the first thing that, that, uh, that pops into my mind would be a pause button. So, uh, I could hit pause right okay. now and I could go kayak for three hours, come back and unhit the pause button and not having this to beat in this conversation and still have time to do what I need to do afterwards. So that would be the superpower. Uh, and if I had to enforce a limitation on it, I would be wearing 
pink polka dots shirts every time that I use the pot pause button and I had to keep it on. I don't know. <laughs> that one's pretty strong. <laughs> I like it. Uh, what should I have asked you that I did not? Um, you know, I think it's important to talk about the challenges that we're going through right now. Um, and there's lots of them. Uh, we've got supply chain challenges, inflation, labor shortages. Um, and, you know, it's, it's kind of a unique time in that, um, you know, these, these challenges for business owners, for employees, for just humans have been nonstop for two years, right? We, we just haven't had a down moment from crisis to crisis to crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I don't know if there's a question in there. I, you know, maybe just the, the, the question would be, what do you, how do you, um, handle, uh, living in perpetual crisis as a leader of a company for two plus years. And, uh, and I'd say never lose sight of the fact that, um, it's all about people first and foremost, it's about your team, your employees, it's about, about the people you're shoulder to shoulder with day in, day out. Uh, it's about your responsibility to your customers and, um, but, but really the people, you know, yourself, Take care of yourself through all of this. It's easy to burn yourself out through through um, these crises, and then your your team as well. But yeah, just hold on and find an outlet like kayaking to to keep yourself grounded to you know the bigger picture. I think we're all going to be okay. Man, that was such a solid answer. I'm not even going to comment on it. I want to leave our um, audience with that sitting on their minds. Uh, Scott, thank you so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed this conversation and I'm hopeful that our uh, viewers did too. If y'all made it through to this far, uh, great job to y'all too. Thanks, James. Thank you so much, Scott. Uh, Thank you to the viewers for taking the time to spend time with us. If uh, you want to learn more, uh, hear more podcasts, check out BentonvilleEconomicDevelopment.com. Learn more about Bentonville's leaders and their businesses and this place where you can have more of what you want and less of what you don't. So come back next time. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to the Bentonville Beacon podcast. We hope to see you next week.